you have your Bibles, to turn your iPads on quick or turn quickly. And let's see what the Lord is having to say to us. You know, this is such a miraculous Christmas season because that's what Christmas is. Christmas talks about the miraculous. And uh, that's what the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all express different views of the supernatural birth of Jesus. But there's something that we deeply learn from the supernatural birth of Jesus is that it takes the supernatural to even operate a normal life. Because Mary in her situation, Joseph in his situation, Elizabeth in her situation, John the Baptist's father in his situation, each one of them was visited in a supernatural way. And I tell you what, if God's going to bring His will through all of our lives, it's going to take us moving from the point of natural into the area of supernatural. God has got to pull out of our heart that that He's put into us as a desire toward the spiritual. And so if you pride yourself in thinking natural, have good reasoning factors, I want you to begin to look toward, Lord, how can I become a more spiritual person? God, how can I look to things in a spiritual sense? If I've learned my, if, if my whole life has been an experience of just receiving in the natural and, and, and getting and, and doing the best I could and working hard and getting that paycheck, then Lord, help me. Help me become a spiritual person. Help me, Lord, for the next few years especially to address life differently. Help me to address life with view of heaven at all times. And so it's the power of God that God wants to happen. That's what we've been talking about here for the last several weeks. About the supernatural communication that God wants to bring into all of our life. Uh, what the Word of God tells us is the Lord wants to direct us. God wants to direct our lives. He, he knows everything about everything. And so the Lord is looking for that position in all of our lives where whatever we're doing, that we will slow down our pace. The Bible says we have to be still and know that He's God. What that means is when you go to making a decision, you don't need to make a decision until we first take a moment, take a time, and ask God's will in it. We've got to give God the opportunity to speak into our lives. And that means that even when the Lord wants to speak into our life on the little issues, so then it will prepare us for the greater issues. So God wants to learn that He can trust us that we're going to look to Him, that we're not going to take a step unless we feel that that step has been directed by Him. Now, there are a multitude of ways that God directs us. I tell you, the Christmas story is just full of the multitude of ways that God directs. Whether it's an angel or whether the direction of the Lord comes through another person as it did through Elizabeth to Mary, or came through an angel speaking to Joseph, or came through a dream in the night that God gave. All of those areas are supernatural areas that God wants us to become familiar with. And the Lord wants to elevate our life to a supernatural, powerful life. I tell you, it's the safest life in the world is being able to hear God. Do you realize that the enemy plants traps? Psalms 91, it talks about the traps of the enemy. But it also tells us that God can keep us out of those traps. What is trying to trap you? What's trying to trap your family? What's trying to pull you into the wrong direction? What's trying to get you to make a bad decision? What's trying to get you to make a wrong decision financially, relationship-wise, whatever it is? 
Do you know that most of the people that died with COVID, it came by one bad decision. A lot of times the people that have died with COVID, they have guarded themselves. They've, they've, they've kept themselves. But, but out of one, one day which they allowed their, their, uh, uh, they allowed their defenses to go down. The enemy took advantage of it. I say there's traps not only of COVID, but there's traps in all forms of life that the devil would be trying to catch us in. But if we can hear the Holy Spirit, God is busy. The Bible says in Psalms 91, He has the power to keep us out of the traps of the devil. So I want to encourage you this morning that you're going to use this Christmas season, especially if you're not being able to have your family get-togethers, if you're not being able to join together. You know, Lane and I have just made some decisions that our grandkids had rather have us for the rest of the Christmases than to just give up, than to not give up one Christmas. And what it is, and we've just determined that, that we're going to hold our banner up or our guard up. So I want to encourage you that you begin to spend time, possibly even by yourself. And so maybe somebody said it's a lonely Christmas. We can deal with loneliness. Somebody said, you know what? It's a, it's a depressed Christmas. We can deal with depression. God's given us the power and authority to whatever it is that the devil. Some people say, well, I was just tired of being alone. God gives us the power to wait on him. We're not weak people. God's made the Christians as a strong people. The most disciplined people in the world should be Christians. Because God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, puts in us the power to discipline ourselves and the power to wait on God and the power to stand against depression and stand against discouragement. God empowers His children. Amen. I want you to know there's a strength of God that's available to each of us this morning. So the Lord wants to bring us to the place of, of talking to us. I want to close real quickly with this. I've got only ten minutes, so if you would stay with me. In the process of learning to obey and learning to follow the Lord's voice, the, the first way is always the Word of God. The, the Word of the Lord. So if you may be starting out your Christian experience. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you finally just come to a place where you're going to become a spiritual person. And in the process, that somebody says, where do I start? You start in the Word. Being able to hear God speak to you out of the Word of the Lord. The other ways that God wants to talk to you will have lesser meaning in your life unless you first ground yourself in the Word of the Lord. What does that mean? I mean, you just open your Bible and begin to read and ask God to begin to talk to you. You know, to try to read the Bible on yourself. Somebody says it's boring. Yes, because you're trying to read it on yourself. But to take the Bible, I tell you what, you can open that book of Psalms anywhere. And you won't read very many verses until you begin to hear God. And God would begin to strengthen you and give you the promises. You know, the Bible says that through the promises, we intermingle with the divine nature of God. What does that mean? I learn how God is. One of the greatest ways. Somebody says, well, how can you tell that when you begin to hear the voice of the Lord in you? How can you tell it's the Lord? It's because you have heard Him speak to you out of the Word. And you've learned what God sounds like. And you've learned God's nature. It doesn't matter what 
way that God may talk to you in your life, whether it's through a friend or whether it's through the word or whether it's through the inner voice speaking in you. It doesn't matter how God, as long as you know God's nature, you will be able to immediately know that's God or that's not God. Because God remains the same. He's the kindest, most gentle, the most tender, loving, caring Savior. And when He talks to you, He'll be that same tender, that same kindness, that same gentleness. Because God never changes. So we learn the nature of God. We learn to know how God is. And therefore, when we're able to understand the voices that speak to us, whether they're God or not God, I don't care how the devil may try to fool his voice. He's never kind. He's never tender. He's never gentle. He's never loving. So that voice that's been speaking inside you, that's demanding, condemning, condescending, You don't have to worry, honey, that's not God. Because God doesn't do condescending. God doesn't do condemnation. God doesn't do those things. Even when we fail, God gently draws you back to Him. That voice that's speaking to you and said, You messed up, you're too bad, you will never turn around. Honey, that's not God. That's the enemy. That's trying to take advantage of a weak time in your life. So in the processes of the Lord, then God begins to speak to us. And then we learn to hear God in our dealings. And then we learn to hear God in that inner voice. But it's because that we've been in His Word. We understand His nature. And then we can understand that this that's dealing with me is God. This that's drawing me to make certain decisions is the Lord. And then if it comes as an inner voice in your heart, then you can understand, yes, that's that's the gentle Savior. Uh, That's the Lord. (laughs) Wow, it's God. (laughs) It's the Lord's gentleness as He speaks into our life. And, And then let me close with God leading you through the power of sensing Him. There's a point in maturity that we come to in the Lord. For the Bible says we even feel after God. The Bible says that we as a mature believer come to a place where our senses are so trained to discern God. And not only be able to discern God, but you're able to even discern the voice of the enemy. If you're mature in the Lord, you're not throwing away your feelings. You've redeemed your feelings. What does that mean? Now, God doesn't do depression God doesn't do discouragement. God doesn't do those things. Those things that are trying to make you feel bad. That's not God, honey. And you need to stand against that. But God does love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and kindness and tenderness. (laughs) And God doesn't want you to do away with your senses and feelings of compassion and care. But God wants to strengthen you and help you to learn how to sense Him. In fact, one of the greatest ways that a mature believer stays in the will of God daily 
Because they're able to sense the presence of God in the things, in the decisions, in the moves, in the steps. And because they're able to sense God, probably 99% of the decisions that I make, they're made not from a voice speaking in me, although the Lord has already talked to me. I heard His voice this morning. But 99% of the decisions and moving forward in this church is made through sensing the flow of God. Lord wants to redeem your feelings. First, you've got to defeat that discouragement. You've got to defeat that pride. You've got to defeat those things. First, you've got to defeat those feelings that are not God. And then you can begin to train your senses, strengthen those feelings that are the Lord. And where you will begin to strengthen the feelings of being able to sense God's presence. Uh, we call it red light, green light. Uh, there's, there's a sense of whatever you do as a believer, there's a, there's a sense that this is God. And I don't know. What I call it is the jet stream of the Holy Ghost. You know, the jet stream of the Holy Spirit is that jet stream. It's approximately 300 miles an hour the wind blows up in several miles, like 10 miles high. There's this jet stream that... that 300 miles an hour the jet stream is able to flow and then airplanes moving into it they're able to go faster and no resistance there's a jet stream of the Holy Spirit that's the same way if you can just begin to sense the presence of the Lord God will help you to get into the flow of God in your own life the flow of God in your finances. The flow of God in your circumstances. The flow of God on your job. God will help you. There is a, there is a flow of God. And if I can get into that jet stream, I can go faster with less resistance for the glory of God. And then immediately you can tell what's not of God. And we call it the red light effect. That when you as a believer, because you have committed yourself, because you have been in the Word, because you have learned the nature of God, then when you get into that, you can begin to sense, that's not God. And I, I, this is not the Lord. You begin to sense it on the inside of you. And that's why the book of Acts is full of perceiving. The Bible says, I perceive, the disciples say, I perceive, or I was sensed. And God's got that same perception for believers today. That's how you're able to be led by the Spirit of God. And that's why you're able to allow the decisions in your life to be of God. Because there's a sense. And as long as there's a sense of green light, then you know, man, I'm in this jet stream of the Holy Spirit. And I'm in this jet stream of God. And God's going to get me to the right place at the right time. But immediately when the devil begins to try to restrict you, immediately you begin to feel that red light. You say, I don't need to do this. Everything looks right, but it's not right. Everything seems like it's talking right, but it's not. In fact, the Bible says that same discernment is not only to be able to pick up the flow of God, but that same discernment.
servant is able to deal with people or able to deal with evil spirits. The Bible said God gives us this special gift that's able to discern evil spirits and able to discern right spirits. What God is saying is, I want to keep you out of traps. I want to keep you from getting caught by the devil. And the way I'll do that is God's going to train our spirits to be able to discern good and evil. And we can detect when it's the Lord for the glory of God. I want to close with prayer. You're here this morning and you're desiring that type of deeper relationship with the Lord. You're desiring that deeper place where God can help us get there. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. He's the one that leads us into those deeper places with God. And so why don't we just ask God to do that? Why don't we just yield ourselves to the Lord? First thing we have to do, if there's sin in our life, man, we've got to confess it. We don't, we don't try to right our wrong, man. We bring our wrong to the cross. We bring the things where we fail God. Man, we don't argue with people about it. We bring it to God. And let our wrongs fall at the cross of Jesus. This morning, would you do that right as we ask the Lord for a deeper place? If there's sin in your life, I want you to do something. You say, Jerry, I need forgiveness. If you're here this morning, you need the forgiveness of the Lord. I want you to just blow that whistle right now, would you? You need the forgiveness of the Lord. You need that forgiveness. Let's pray together, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we need the forgiveness of the Lord. Because, Lord, we want that deeper life. We want that deeper relationship with God. Lord, we want that place with you to where we can sense you in everything that we do. And we can sense the places that we're to stop and we won't get caught in the traps of the devil. So, Lord, I ask your forgiveness. I ask your cleansing. And then I ask you, precious Holy Spirit, Take me into that deeper place with God. Take me into that deeper place with God in Jesus' name. Don't just love the Lord. Let's just let it be a sound. Let it be a sound of horns this morning. We just love you, Lord.